You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. And now, Hangar 56 Media presents Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast, Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. NRBQ. NRBQ. Do you guys ever listen to NRBQ? Riding in my car. It's a little on the nose, but uh, I was just thinking about them. I was thinking about how we used to uh, travel with them. Uh, my friend Eddie and I. I didn't know who they were. He was always dragging me. I had this friend in New York, Eddie Gordetsky. Still have a friend. He's still around. He created the show Mom. Mom. He was one of the first guys to look at my writing and say, Keep writing. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, uh, would hang out with him and his friends Penn and Teller in New York, and uh, occasionally we travel and go see. But we'd follow NRBQ. Uh, we'd follow uh, Bob Dylan. He knew a lot of people. Jake Isles band. We famously saw Jake Isles in some bar in New York, uh, and the guitarist decided to do a little solo with his teeth, and his tooth flew into the air and arced and landed right in front of my cocktail. And I went, "Wow, that's a show." That is a yeah. show. Did you keep it? I know. <laughs> what did he do? What happened to it? Oh man, on eBay right now. Yeah. That could be ten dollars. I've got it in my pocket. He took it to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, it was gross. Look, what makes Rockstar's teeth come out? Huh. A, good, a G string. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was probably the thick E string. I, in high school, I did a Hendrix solo for a, a show as in a high school band in front of the uh, in front of the school, and I play with my teeth. Luckily, my teeth did not come out, but it could have. Now you, I've got this broken tooth in the front that Kenny Helene broke with a rock in the fourth grade, mm. and they took the piece, just like I'm sure they did with Jay Giles, and they just glued it. It's still there. But it's you're still there. Die. You're lucky. If it's- you if you want to look up a picture of me on the internet, there are many, several naked. But if you have a close-up of my teeth, you'll see beautiful white teeth and a yellow front tooth, and that's the tooth. And oh, you, you had a dead tooth. It's not dead. It's alive and well. But it's cracked right here in half, and there's no way to bleach it. So if the audience could, the listening could see you point at your teeth <laughs> like a, <laughs> a rodent, like a slack-jawed yokel. <laughs> my tooth. No, they, that's crazy. They, it's lasted that long. They, you know, when you're uh, when you have a dentist, I have a terrific dentist, but when you're on TV, they really want to perfect your teeth because you're right. like a billboard for their work. And he really got a little obsessed with my tooth and he was going to drill it and inject it with bleach. To, and I just I said, no, I, no one cares. 
I'm sorry. That seemed like the wrong thing to do, right? To, to bleach it from the inside out, Zuckerman? That sounds a little dangerous. And then he could say, then I'm going to try this on your eyeball. We're going to make your eyeballs nice and white. We're gonna, that sounds rather radical and invasive. We're going to cure COVID with the bleach. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, welcome to Spike's Car Radio. And you're here for a delightful show. We have audience questions. We have Dear Zuckerman. We have a lot to talk about in the news. We have some car adventures. Zuckerman, I wanted to play this for you, and you too, Johnny, but I only have one extra That's setup. okay, that's okay. Uh, we, di- we had Pat Long on. Actually, Johnny, you should listen to it. You were there. Pull one of your earphones out and hold it near my ear. No, I can't do that. <laughs> if you put down your stinky cigar I'm not cigar putting down here. my stinky cigar. Oh, and I'll- that I don't want to do either, but um, yeah. we had a listener in, uh, in Denmark uh, who sent me a very nice uh, voice memo, text, DM uh, uh, and gently, gently uh, told me I've been uh, pronouncing Lufgekult incorrectly. And uh, here, let me see if I can pull up the phone here. This is his message. His name is uh, Casper. Hello, Spike. <laughs> Casper here from Denmark. Yeah. In Denmark, we are a neighboring country to the Germans. So this is just a friendly message. Luftgekühlt. Luftgekühlt. You hear that, Zuckerman? Luftgekühlt. Luftgekühlt. He keeps going. Look. Ever again. Luftgekühlt. He keeps going, Zuckerman. Listen. The K U H L. The U is with umlaut. So it has to be pronounced like gekühlt. Gekult, gekult, Luft gekult. Say it, Johnny. Luft gekult. No, Luft gekult. Luft gekult. We are a little country neighboring Mexico, and we say, we say, Luft gekult. Listen, this is his good day. One of the most amazing car shows. Oh, that's nice. I forget he said. Thank you, Casper. All the best. Gekult. <laughs> and then he throws in that little gekult at the end. I don't know that we can say loof gekult every he time. He speaks English better than 50% oh, of the population insane, right? here. Yeah. Oh, oh 50. Yeah. In LA, 90. Yes. <laughs> and we're talking native born. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was fun, Casper. Thank you for that. Um, what is Deer Zuck? Oh, Long Beach Grand Prix coming up. I'm going to be there. Um, I was going to get one of those IndyCar ride-alongs, but I but but I think you and I are going to be out of town in Vegas seeing our friend yes. perform. But is I'm going to go this weekend already. It is, Holy and Sunday boy. morning though, uh, I'm going to be guest of the Chip Ganassi crew. Nice, Scott Dixon. Hey, baby. Oh man, it's going to be great. Hey, I think baby. I'm going to be in a pace car flying around, and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Last year we had a great time. Um, with Chip Ganassi and those guys, and uh, this year, Beth Peretta. Oh, yeah. She took us around. We uh, love Beth. This year, we're going to be with Chip and that whole crew. It should be great. And if you see me, say hello. I want to say hi to you. Spike um, loves hugs from behind. I do. <laughs> also, uh, you know, after our Le Mans show, I was asked to be part of a documentary film on the history of Le Mans. <laughs> I am such an expert. <laughs> That Porsche awesome. and then wow, right, really? Yes, I am going to be one of the experts there to talk about not just the hundredth anniversary this year of Le Mans, 
but also uh, Porsche. Okay. He's been there since 1951. Great. Because of, you know, you and I were chatting, we, we communicate. I communicated so much knowledge. So much. About Porsche <laughs> and the race. <laughs> they immediately said, we want you for this film. I've already shot a little bit with, wow. Pat, with Pat Long. No kidding. And Rod Emery in, in the car that won in, in, in 1951. Fabulous. But Are it you, really, but here, the oh, reason oh, I bring it up, oh, not just to blow yeah, my own yeah, horn, yeah. Johnny. Blow your horn. Hey, Zuckerman, you're making a lot of mic noise, oh, taking pictures. Oh, Try okay. yeah, podcast, oh, yeah. podcast. Here is the reason I bring it up. It's the 100th anniversary, and Porsche really wants to win. Yeah, <laughs> so does everybody. Do you think yeah. Cadillac? This is our bet that I, I said Cadillac's going to win it. You said uh, Porsche's going to win it. Yeah. <clears throat> you already won at Sebring, but there was no bet There's there. no money on that. The Cadillacs yeah. did great. They did good. But Porsche really wants to win that. That's what I've learned doing this documentary in which I'm the expert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They want to come back. They want to win the 100th anniversary. Yeah. Well, everybody wants to win. Well, not uh, everybody. Porsche. Do you think everybody wants to win as much as Porsche? Yes. You do. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, th this is a big one to win. Yes, this is this is the race. I mean, <clears throat> I know I, I've talked to like Cadillac. I've talked to Porsche. I've talked to Acura. Acura really wants to win. Um, they well, all everybody wants to win. But don't we want someone with a with a, a pedigree pedigree pedigree? Yeah. 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 Oh, no, it's a good point. Are you going to the race? Uh, I have been before. I would go. I'm going. I got, I got my. Why don't invite. you cover it for us? <laughs> I will be the correspondent. <laughs> Zuckerman and I, yes. we hate to travel. Okay. Zuckerman and I hate to travel. Right. So. Zuckerman, it's three in the morning and I'm very drunk and there's an angry British man. You know what I remember about <laughs> the race that's really fun? It was like Woodstock. Like the fans go there and then they just sleep on the ground. Yeah. They stay there the whole time in sleeping bags. It's drinking. You're and leaving drink. out drinking. And and, ra and rain, it didn't matter. It's such a cool uh, thing to look at, Zuckerman. Yeah, it always rains. And yeah. And, and, and you have backpacks and, and sleeping bags, and they're just laying everywhere. Really cool. What you got to get to once is the Nürburgring 24-hour, because it's 100,000 more people than Le Mans, just because mm -hmm. the track is so much physically bigger. You want a nightmare. At and they're much drunker, and they like build temporary shelters, and then at like four in the morning, they just light them on fire. It's insane. Like out in the middle of the forest, it's like feral like Germans. What so, could go wrong? What can go wrong? It's great. Back to the back to the barbarian days. As a Jew, let me tell you. Yes, it's burning. Wild. Yeah, it's it's fun. That is bizarre. But hey, Spike, congrats! That's a cool documentary. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be fun. I'm studying up. But really, my part is just talking about the road cars that kind of came out of the race and, uh, and how they feel on the road. They've got the real racers informing them about that part. So, Killer. You know, it's, it's fun. And we had a nice time with Rod Emery up in the Mallet. We how were was in that, that car? Can you review uh, it a little bit? I don't. I don't want to talk about it because it's in the, it's it, in the, it, got the got film. It. But what's I'll tell you this: what's remarkable about it in 1951, right? Porsche enters this race car, their first big race, and they win. Right? Yeah. Wow. They had four cars. This is the one that ended up doing it. The other three crashed. Sounds like Le Mans. The next year, it came to California, and it's been here ever since. It's wild. Isn't that a wild story? Wild. And it's crazy because usually old race cars, nobody cares. Yeah. Well, you got to pull them out of a barn. Well, Von Neumann had this one and eventually cut the top off it. And that's where uh, Rod Emery found it and did what he did. The miracle restoration on that car. 
And uh, now it's on its way back. So we drove it, and then it got on a plane, and it was b- flying to France for this anniversary, where it's going to do parade laps. Awesome. Return. Fantastic. Yeah, That is a nice. very cool story. It is cool. And Rod it was did fun. great work. Yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, the number's 45 on the side. It's got 46 horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> it's very slow and Volkswagen-y. Isn't that crazy? It won with 46 horsepower? It won well, Imagine it the time. Could, it could yeah. do about 108, I think I recall him saying. Oh, and so- it, but it's so comfortable. You're in it and you're just like, but- I totally understand how this came off a racetrack and then everybody wanted one in their garage. I mean, that was sort of what Germans at the time, German cars, like they didn't have the big engines that the Italians had. They didn't have the you know big American engines. But what they could do is they could make them reliable. They could make them light and they could make them comfortable, which is actually for an endurance race is a huge advantage. Yep. And that's why Mercedes the next year with the first gong wings, they, that's why they did so great that year in 52 is because the cars were just comfortable, didn't break, and, you know. Yeah, and, and they po- didn't have a lot of resources then. They couldn't make a big car. They didn't have they access didn't have to steel. They, they didn't, they didn't have, have access to gasoline. There were very, very few resources to build these cars. The well, 52s, the, the W194 Mercedes, the, the first gull wings, they were built out of like Junker bomber, like magnesium and aluminum, like war yes. surplus. You know, and along crazy. with the engine. The engine was... was from warplanes? No, no, that, yeah. that that was a straight six. That that yeah. engine they had that, but it, but the engine was out of the sedan. It was out of like the, right. the two twenty. So it was just, it was just a slow engine that they put direct injection on and got it to like you know from one hundred and twenty to two hundred horsepower. So, but you know it was it. But they they could you know again light, comfortable, reliable, and they they excelled at endurance racing. Mm-hmm. And then they killed ninety people at Le Mans fifty five, and that was yeah, that's <clears> just <throat> game. Yeah. Oh, that well. was the end of Mercedes. <laughs> Hmm. I forget what I was going to say about that. <laughs> I just like reminding, well, a couple things. Here's what I was going to say. Porsche didn't really have an advertising department and thought, why don't we kill two birds with one stone? We'll win races. The motor, the motor press will take care of all the advertising and just as long as we win, it will work. And it worked. I thought win that on was Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and and all the technology that was coming out of that race and ending up in passenger cars, headlights, <laughs> windshield wipers, yeah, you know that's crazy stuff. That's a very cool story. So you know that'll be released, I think, sometime in May, ahead of ahead of Unfrosted, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know where you see it. I, I've heard uh, that it, it's going to be Amazon, uh, but who knows? I'll let you know. But anyway, it's been fun. And Robert Dalrymple. Uh, Noted Porsche collector, director, enthusiast is uh, directing it, and it was fun. That's so cool. Good time. Yeah. It was a good time. Fantastic. Um, what else can I tell you about? <clears throat> I was going to talk about these Series 2A wiper blades, but it's not a real issue and topic. But maybe you've dealt with this with your Speedster Zuckerman. When you have these tiny little wiper blades with the tiny little thin rubber. Yes. and Because you never use your wipers... Oh, hold on. That's my son with a review of his Suron. I got to turn that up. Um, they, you know, the the weather and the heat and uh, causes them to disintegrate. Disintegrate, right? But if you never use your wipers, well, the the I had the Series Two A in the driveway when it was raining, and I had to drive it the other day, and it's just perfect. That guy Martin really dialed it in. I turned the wipers on, and. Did you scrape the, the No, windshield? no, they worked perfectly, but they I had a flapper 
I had a little flapper. Mm. You know what I'm talking you don't about? Like you know the separation <laughs> like this? Yeah, and it was, yeah. It was hanging down. Yeah, and it, I remember that happens with speedsters too. Yes. Right? That little pointed area. I have and, had that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I really kind of regret turning those wipers on. I don't know what this is. It never helped. It, it wasn't a topic, but yeah. I had to go I, on to eBay and now search I for. I rarely, when it's raining, turn the wipers on on a vintage car. It doesn't help, it makes it worse. Well, it worked pretty well for a minute. First, and then it was flapper. Yeah, then it's a flapping piece of spaghetti flying around, and that can has the potential to send me into uh, putting a gun in my mouth, ending it all, or selling the car. But I managed to find. I would sell the car. Before I would you sell blow the your car. head off. Oh, right. <laughs> It you do blow your head off. Uh, but what is that thing? Like one thing goes wrong with your car. Now, I I forgot last summer I had uh, these guys work on this car, right? I told you about right. this. Total Carnesia moment. I haven't driven it for five months. I get it. It starts up. I'm like, what is different about this? This thing is great. Then I remember, oh, they did all the work on it, right? But what is it? about the one little thing going wrong that has the potential to send you into a depression? <laughs> or me? Or is no, that just me? Or is no, that car collecting? On the Speedster, which I just got back from John Will Hoyt down in Long Beach, one of the nuts on the license plate frame came off, and the license plate swung ever so slightly down against the paint leaving, horrifying. leaving a scratch the size the, oh, the no. of your fingernail uh, and of course wait just now no 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 no, no this no. was this a was, while ago i this remember is when that. we were up in pebble and, yes and i had so, nightmares about it and so then <laughs> you know that, i'm not lying I, I know you're not lying that's why i'm laughing <laughs> the nut goes internal into the into the back of the car you cannot reach it through the engine compartment so it has it had to go down to long beach but then it was down there, and John serviced it, and he had to make some modifications right. to the carburetors. Because remember, there was that little funny th thing about it, <clears throat> but sometimes stopping, uh, you would pull up to a light, and it would just go dead. Yeah. There was a little funny, weird blank spots in it. And so now it's it's perfect. Wow. It's perfect. And talk about Carnesia. When you get back in that car, I haven't driven it for a season, essentially. Yeah, it's been wet, yeah. Every successive year you get into a speedster, it is more otherworldly. It becomes ever more remote yeah. from its origins in the sense mm -hmm. that people have no clue what the hell you're driving anymore. Which is strange to me because it's obviously a speedster. What else could it be? Right. You know, we have such a good license plate story coming up, and we, we thought we were, on the, uh, we were in the end zone with it. And uh, we, had a, we had a flag on the play. But we're close. We don't want to talk about it? We can't talk about it yet. No, but it's good. We're almost there. We're almost there. I would say we're mostly there. 90%. It's just, it's on the wrong car now. <laughs> and we're trying to migrate it to the Zagato. But maybe we'll it won't get there. Maybe it won't end there. Maybe it won't uh, end up. We'll there. get it there. Not we were also trying. This is. I mean, this again, better be good. I'm diving. Plate oh, it's the like. greatest plate in the world for us here in L.A. All right. But I, my friend, the got license blue plate. Cocky. Oh, that's too blue cocky on his blue. That's cocky. horrible. That's, that's he gross. should be killed. <laughs> I like blue cocky. That's horrible. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Really and he's awful. gonna get all the chicks driving around. In LA. Why would you? Yeah, you just poison the. Well. He can't be married. No. Of course not. Yeah, he doesn't even have a girlfriend. Does I just he? didn't know you could legally get plates like that. You're not you supposed can't. to. Well, no. they somehow like, what is not doing right now? Call of Duty with thirteen year olds right now. <laughs> he could be. He could be. Yeah. What is it though about 
you know, you and I and Jerry were having a cigar last week. He was in town, and we were we we got the great idea. You know, the '73 Tangerine RS that each of us has owned, um, and and Sam Cabiglia Biglio has also owned Cabiglio. 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 I say that Jerry always corrects me. I don't now. I'm com- completely confused. Anyway. We got the great idea. That car was on what? The Panorama cover in what year? 95. 95. And I have those copies for you, but Thank you. You lost your original one. In the fire. My, okay. My yeah, I have another fire. one. I have two more. And then, you know, Zuckerman has this plate on it that I had made on license plate TV when I owned the car, which is a plastic plate okay. where I took the white number issued by the state of California and I just said, just make that. They have since stopped license plate TV from sending any license plates to California. <laughs> and now, because of the heat, it's all warped and bendy. And I was like, you got to get a proper plate for this proper car. And we had the big idea to put to get that plate. And reunite The it. best. And reunite it with the car. But Sam said no. He's got it on his car. But what... Get it what, back. Do do we derive any yes, pleasure? If- Wait, let me ask the question before you answer. Do we, <laughs> as collectors, derive any pleasure from uh, a special plate? Absolutely. Yes. It finishes the car. You comb your hair in the morning. You, a man with a suit puts a tie on, cufflinks. These are the little things that just spiff it up. It's just the little finishing touch, the cherry on top, the cherry in the in the Shirley Temple. You need it. You kind need of Shirley it. Temple without the cherry. Mm, that's true. We've had a great plate on the Zagato that has nothing to do with the car at all. <laughs> right? What is it? YZ, YFZ, yep. right? The F for Ferriston, the Z for Zuckerman. And the Y for Yeso. Yeso, our favorite painter who works at my house every once in a while. He doesn't even know he's memorialized or commemorated <laughs> on this plate. But I, I bought that plate off of eBay and I just kind of stuck it on the car. I don't even have a front plate. But it's not registered to the car at all. Isn't but that the a real crime? Plates are, huh? No, the real plates are no longer in the car. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, where are the real plates? I think they got turned into the DMV. Did they? I don't think so. <clears throat> I'll have to ask the Hungarian to and get them back. I don't think I gave him the real plates. I think I may still have those. They could be in the box in the car, right? That registration has not been changed in any way. But it's valid. We have a valid registration yeah, yeah. for that car. Yeah, okay. But who's going to pull pull me over? In that? You know, on my the E Type that I purchased, it came with a personalized plate that someone had put on it. It's sixty one E Type Jag E Jag, and the prior owner had had made that into a f- Series fifty six license plate, so it looks perfect. Right. When I got the car through Gooding, they had a register. I got a California plate, a brand new one on it. So fortunately, I was able to just have that plate reunited. And I would feel really terrible if I had a brand new license plate on the car. It would look stupid, wouldn't right, it? Right, right, right. No, you want on a vintage car. You want a vintage Yeah. Yeah, you got to get a vintage plate. I want them to start doing a blue and yellow plate. See, I, I screwed Uh-oh. up. I had a I had a I blue plate up, yeah. on my 914, and I got a custom black plate. And now right. I, I kind of regret it. I kind of dumb. Went. On yeah. which car? I have a 914 that is. It's just well. Switch How it come back. We've never seen it. But yeah, it's a great question. What <laughs> year is it? <laughs> Seventy. Well, that would have to be a blue and yellow plate. It was a blue and yellow, but I got a custom. I was all excited to get a custom plate. So I, I go back plate. to it. Well, I had to turn in the blue plate. Oh, the oh you oh, never turn the plate in. Sorry. Guys. Oh, Lieberman, yeah. why? Well, I'm got, look, really excited to get the custom plate. This Lieberman, this will make you feel better. When I bought that Conda Green 70S, I had the 
greatest blue and yellows, and I immediately get a white plate. I was so far at the beginning of my collecting, I didn't understand. <laughs> I will say, and I recently found those plates, and I went, "What are these? From these are awesome." Okay, <laughs> you know and what? it was Vosek Polak plates. If you have those plates, give them to me. No, we can figure something out with them to put yeah. on the car. I just need the car again. <laughs> Do you want to put those? Yeah, have we'll those find put them. on. We'll the find them. All right, we'll talk off the air. RS. We'll talk off the air. Um, I don't even know if I want to get into this, but if it's in the show, then it's in the show. I didn't cut it out, but this is another just weird uh, little story from my life. And I told you a little bit about it, Suckerman, but there's a hiking trail at the uh, top of one of the streets where I live, a uh, yes. public hiking trail, beautiful hike up into the Santa Monica mountains. And uh, my, my son and I and his friend were going up there for uh, sunset to go look at the city lights on our uh, electric vehicles. You have to go through this, uh, this gate, one-person door gate that stays open to 8 o'clock. You can ride up about, I don't know, 30 yards, and you've got a beautiful overlook of, of West L.A. It's nice, and his friend was in town. I wanted to show it to him. We were a little late. It was uh, 8.05, and as we're coming up the hill, there's an acid green 992 GT3 parked across the street like being used to block traffic and uh, SoCal gas orange cones also blocking off the last, I don't know, a fifth of a block of a, of a city block or a town block. And the guy gets out of his car and he goes, you, you can't go up there. And I, you know, of course, ignore him. I, I don't know what, I'm, what that person is or what I'm doing. Right. And we go up the hill. And my son is yelling at me from the gate. He goes, we can't go up. The guy said we can't go up. And I yelled out, fuck that guy. <laughs> in the acid green. Acid, in the, is it acid yellow? What, what is that color? acid green. Yeah. Acid green, but it's a bright yellow. Yeah. Fuck GT3. that guy, son. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Just come up. It's okay. And we, you know, go go to our little place right there. And, and they do close the gate. They close the gate some some nights between 8 and 8.30. You never know. But the ranger comes up. And if he sees you there, he goes, come on, everybody. It's time to get out. Yeah. Because it's a public park. You know, sure, people sure. are just trying to stay fit. And, yeah, yeah. Well, this, uh, this GT3 owner, <laughs> as I'm looking out, I'm so intrigued by the choice of GT3 and its usage to block hikers and cars from parking that I can't get it out of my head. We look for a minute and then we go down and he blocks the gate to exit. And he goes, you're not allowed up there. (laughs) (laughs) And I expressed myself to him and what I thought he was. But I did ask him, I said, are you you a police officer? No. Uh, Do you work for the park system? No. But you can't be up there. Oh, the hall monitor. Yeah, and yeah. I, uh, I had a few choice words for him. And he decided to press the call box, which is right at the gate, for injured hikers, like the emergency 911. Because <laughs> yeah. he got his feelings. That's a nice because he said, you, you're, you can't be up here. And I, I ended my little speech to him with, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> press the button. And he goes, I'm going to call the police. And I said, I'm going to stay for this. And when you talk to them, I want you to give them this name, Spike Ferriston. And I want you to tell them when they answer, Spike Ferriston is looking at the sunset with his kids on a bike. <laughs> and he presses the button. And the guy goes, yes, what's your emergency? <laughs> And this deranged idiot, he had to be like mid thirties, and I'm looking at him. He's got like uh, he's got like uh, 
sweats under shorts. And it's not a good GT3 look. You don't get out of that GT3 in this right. look in a, like a work a weird workout outfit, like but New Jersey boxer guy type outfit. And he goes, yes, I've got some people here in the park. And the guy goes, he goes, it closed five minutes ago and they're still in the park. And he goes, oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, he's yeah. like that. I go, do you, do you get it? Do you see how stupid you are? And we leave. And that now the guy starts following me down the head. I ended up I end up having to call my security. <laughs> hey, I'm in a bit of a situation here. And it's truly hard to explain other than this maniac. This a yellow tennis ball yellow 992 GT3 harassing us on the way home. And he stops. The guy starts filming me. I was hoping it was going to get posted because he he stops and he puts his camera up. And he goes, "You're going into a park after it closes." And I fuck? said, "It's not closed until they lock the door." And I go, "But I, you need to tell me a couple of things. Why the fuck are you using your new GT3?" <laughs> it wasn't just me. There were three or four cars of kids that wanted to go up there and hike and see the sunset in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you using this new? Who the fuck are you? Right, Who are you? Right, what are right, you? Right. Now I just want to understand you. But I didn't know behind me, my kid and his friend had their cameras up. <laughs> and one of them said, yeah, my dad just called security on you. He bolted. He just went, bam, <laughs> took off. So you never found out what his... I have no idea what, it, but I have been trying, and I called Zuckerman immediately. I go, you're not going to believe the type of human I just met. I'm fascinated by him. He had a beautiful car. He was using it to block other cars, which is bizarre, but, and, and I'll just, you know, just think about, I, I, I figure he's got the house, there's an empty house right by that entrance, and that he bought or rented this house without knowing, or didn't care to pay attention to the fact and now he's bothered. that all day long... And I mean all day long. Hikers are coming up there. That's just that street, that, that part spot. of uh, Brentwood. People like to hike, and they come Did up you there. Go and back and look and see if the car is at that house. I know it is. We I could know. Because easily post the car on one of our Instagrams. Sure, sure. And someone would tell us in two seconds who this. Is. I don't need to. I don't need to meet him. No, I, maybe he was doing like a, a deal of some sort. And he everything around like. the security people shut him down pretty quickly. <laughs> he, he had half of a block. He blocked it off because he wanted street parking. And this is a phenomenon that's happening all over L.A. right now because of construction. People think, we've talked about it on the show, you can put cones in front of your house. This guy said, not only that, I'm just going to put it down the street so no one comes up our city street. That's what I get to do. Right. So but, it's like uh, the people that live by the Hollywood sign. They're trying to block influencers. They're putting cones right. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Just um, throw those cones. You I can because they're... Didn't take the cones. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want property. I didn't want to escalate. I was already pretty hot. He caught me in a he caught me in wow. an off moment. But um, wow. I would like to. Here's what I want to know, and because yeah. I spent an inordinate <laughs> amount of time thinking about it, and it's really not anything about what I would have said or what I should have done. I don't care about that. I'll even apologize for some of the swear words I use. I need to know why between eight and eight fifteen he felt the need to just because in fifteen minutes it closes on its own. Right. Like what was he trying to manage right there? We are gonna get into this. <laughs> I have a I have a prologue, some prefatory comments about yes. Dear Zuckerman, and this is going I'm gonna this will inform you. My comments will inform in this situation. All right. Well let's let's forget about that. But if you do know this guy, the Brentwood Asset Can I ask one GT three we'd like to meet him. Well, do you worry about that kind of escalation with your kid around? What do you mean? 
Like, what if the guy, like, I don't know, pulled out something and shot you, or you know, I don't know. It's or shot that would have been awesome. The sweet release of death. <laughs> My kids were not close enough to it. They were, they were looking at me, just going, "What? What is happening here?" And I'm trying to explain. I can't tell you other than someone doesn't want us to hike and ride our bikes past their car. I don't. I don't quite know, but. Uh, I, I did not feel threatened by him. Okay, because no. I got into it with a dude at a, at a car wash, and he, and then like my kid was in the car, and I was like, oh fuck, I got to yeah, get yeah. Out of here. I got to. I got to. If you quit ask this. my kids, I had a little trick when they were younger. I, if somebody misbehaved like that, I would force them somehow to apologize. It's to, your favorite thing. Yeah, yeah, to apologize to my children. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't lose my temper, Johnny, for that very reason. Yeah, I don't, okay, I don't okay. want trouble. Yeah. Even by myself, I don't okay. want trouble. Yeah. But every once in a while, it looks I'm you. human. I make mistakes, but, all right? But that's I'm losing also, my temper right now. Yeah, no, that guy's crazy, though. Like, it, it, it if was he's not end, a cop or a park ranger, like, look, fuck look, off. Look, all I would say is put yourself... In the state of mind where you want to see a beautiful California sunset at the end of the day and you're on a bike ride and somebody's blocking you. <laughs> it's not something I'd yeah, ever been yeah. prepared not to react to. Right, right. And therefore, I lost it a little bit. That's just but, wild. But I, I, will, wow. uh, I would like to talk to this guy. And I would, the, for, here's the first thing. Let's I get would, him on the show. Here's the first thing I would say. <laughs> like, dude. You got to get it. You got to if you're going to do this and that's fine. We've all done weird things in our neighborhood. Don't use a new GT3. Right. You need a truck. Someone get is going to hammer it. Right. Right. If I were a different person, I would have rode my bike right into it. <laughs> right. Uh, and there you go. How's that? I'll kill your fucking car. Yeah. And yeah. And it breaks my heart. I love GT3s. Therefore, I love most GT3 owners. But he was acting like a Lamborghini guy. See, that's the that's he the, that's did the not problem. get he did not get hot, but he was pretty dumb. That's he, weird. He didn't uh, have a good answer for why are you doing this? <laughs> anyway, look, let me do an ad. Let me do an ad, and we have qu- questions, and we have dear Zuckerman, and we'll figure out what to do next after this. But right yeah, now, yeah. let's talk about AG One. As you know, AG One is Spike Car Radio's big supplement partner. And I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I take AG1 in the morning. I take it in the afternoon. I take it before tennis. And it makes me feel unstoppable. It's hard for me to keep up with the supplement routine that comes with a bunch of different products. And it's the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute, which makes it so easy. AG1 is powerful because it's so easy. It fits into your lifestyle. One scoop of powder mixed with water once a day. Day. AG1 has been part of millions of mornings since 2010, and it can be part of yours right now if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash spike911. That, that's athleticgreens.com slash spike911 and check it out. You want to support the show? We're not going to make you pay for the show. Go to athleticgreens.com slash bike 911. Our sponsors love that. Even if you don't buy anything, go check it out. Yeah. It helps us out. All right. Um, let me see. There's a lot of stuff. Zuckerman, I mean, we can go a little longer tonight. It, 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 I do have questions to get to, but there's... I got this if you want it. What? 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 What is that? Max Speed. Well, yeah, I know. Wow. That's yeah. the Bugatti Chiron. Yeah. That's beautiful. I do want to hear a little bit about that, but I wanted to get, and this is way off subject and it's not even appropriate for Spike's car radio because it doesn't have a car in it, but I wanted to get Zuckerman's opinion on this. 
Um, William H. Macy is in trouble, Zuckerman. <laughs> Finally? <laughs> Again. Oh. And, and you can just answer this quickly and then we can get past it, all right? But apparently he cut down his neighbor's trees. Yeah. And his neighbor is suing him for great emotional stress <laughs> to the tune of half a million dollars. That's a hell of a tree. Okay, this guy went away on vacation. Uh, allegedly, William H. Macy then chopped his trees up. And this guy is devastated by it. It not only obliterated his privacy, presumably turning his house into a duck on a platter for all to see, but he says it's compromised the hillside. Um, after he got over the shock, he went over and spoke with Macy about it, who acknowledged the misdeeds of his workers. In other words, we did it. Um, as for why Brown is suing Macy, oh, I'm sorry, $600,000 for trimming his neighbor's trees. Um, damage to the trees, loss of privacy, destabilization of the hillside, loss of property value, loss of use, enjoyment of the property, and an increase in noise. Emotional distress, irritation, annoyance, and discomfort. The question is, is this another uh, Gwyneth Paltrow deranged skier no. case? No. Nope. No. Tell me no. why. Well, is this in California? Yes, sir. Okay. So there's a whole body of case law about trees, and if and trees are very valuable. You and you, if you've ever done any landscaping, you know how expensive a tree is. You want to bring an olive tree in. You want it to be fully grown. You want it to be mature. It's incredibly expensive. So if somebody comes on your property and right. cuts down your tree, uh, and these are mature trees, 20, 30, 40-year-old It trees. sounds like he trimmed them, did not cut them down. Okay. Well... Whatever it is, it's trespass. Not okay. allowed to go on somebody's property. And but are there do. damages for trespassing? Well, but the value of tree, if the trees were cut down or... Or damaged where or he damaged, needs to replace them. Yeah, they need to be replaced, then you've got a claim. And I can tell you from my house burning down, the amount of insurance coverage for the replacement of trees is quite significant. Uh, so so the trees have real value. Real value. Where we get a little bit sideways on this case, where the the lawyer representing the plaintiff here, the harmed party, is going overboard because he wants to juice up the claims by saying, you've undermined the hill and now we've got a stability problem and we need damages for maybe a retaining wall. And then these things about emotional distress and noise, that's where they're gilding the lily. That goes too far. But the but the trees have real value. They and, do. Yeah, they do. So this will go to trial. No, it won't go to trial. What happened? <laughs> what happened is is that the Macy's William Macy's insurance company offered something, and then the other the the guy said it's not enough. I see. Okay. And where it is maybe a little bit like Gwyneth Paltrow is probably the lawyer, maybe not the neighbor. The lawyer says, "Well, if you don't pay me what I want, I'm going to file suit, and Mr. Macy will be embarrassed, thinking he could get some value out of." But it doesn't work. It doesn't work. The, the, that bullet has been fired. It's, I got right. this information from TMZ. And Mr. Macy, if, if you recall, his wife went to jail, didn't she? Yeah. In the USC trial. He's, he's immune to embarrassment yes. at this point. Yes, it's, it, it, absolutely 100%. And the threat of it, and, and clearly Macy probably said, I don't care. I don't do care. Do it, because yeah. the, there's only value in the threat of it when once you do fire the bullet, yeah. then it has no more value. There's no more value. Toothpaste out of the tube. And by the way, I think there are a lot of us who are like, eh, yeah, my neighbor's trees do cause problems. I have a neighbor tree issue. We I all do. We all I'm do. I'm sure my trees cause my neighbor's problems. 
You know, but and, you know, I, I might decide. I bet those people in that house. I don't like to have, how they organize their refrigerator. I can't just walk in there and <laughs> arrange their fridge right. to suit me. All right, I, I wanted to mention this last week. I didn't get to it, but there are two more Paul Newman Rolex Daytonas going to auction. Both were gifted to the actor and inscribed, and they're expected to fetch more than one million dollars apiece. Up for auction. A 1993 Rolex reference, 16520 Zenith Daytona, Zenith Daytona, maybe Zenith, I don't know, with Rolex, uh, gifted to uh, 70-year-old Newman after he and his team won the GTS 1 class at the 95 24 Hours of Daytona, um, an endurance car race. He was the oldest driver ever to win, and on the case back of the watch is the inscription Rolex at Daytona 24, Paul Newman Rolex Motorsports. Um, it's funny, that last watch, that uh, Paul Newman watch, from the early 80s? Sold for $17.75 million. Reasonable. <laughs> Relatable. And now, look, they found two more. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> we They're found two out more. Of the woodwork. <laughs> Do you remember when Steve McQueen's sunglasses sold for a million dollars or something like that? And his wife famously said, God, if I had known they'd sold for a million dollars, I've got a whole drawer for those, full of those things. We can just keep selling them. Right. We I got $50 million. What do you think? Do you think these uh, Rolexes are significant enough? Or do you think a million dollars is low? Well, Daytona, a winning Daytona Rolex is awesome. Like my friend Randy Popes, he, you know, people are like, oh, let me see your Daytona. And they flip it over and it's like, winner, 24 hours of Daytona. Yes. It's pretty, it's like a boss move, you know. It's right, a like, seven figure watch, but I don't know if it's a $17 million watch. It's not. They're saying a million, a million or yeah. over. I think that's low. I mean, I think if you're. One Rolex Paul Newman is seventeen seven five. You can extrapolate backwards and go maybe three, maybe four. Who wouldn't want a Paul Newman Rolex Daytona? I would. I mean, the one that he won got for winning the race is that's that's cool. What's yeah. the other one? They're both. Uh, oh, they're both. I think one was from his wife. Okay. I think I don't know, but right. just uh, another good bet. <laughs> People, uh, they've got to get rid of their money. They got to do something. All right, you drove what? Where and, ah, and how? Space Shuttle Runway in Florida, Bugatti Chiron, Super Sport. Cape Canaveral? Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Show your age. 15,000 foot runway, trying to go 250 miles an hour. So wait, hold on. Let's yeah. back up. Let's okay. set the table properly. All right. Bugatti invites you yes. down to NASA <laughs> yeah. and says, space how would you like to drive... The Bugatti Chiron Pure Sport? Super Sport. Super Sport. Yeah. On a on a, a space runway. Yeah, the shuttle runway. The shuttle runway. Yeah. That's a yes. Are you the only journalist who's no. doing this? Uh, no, there was three others. Wow. And how long is the runway? 15,000 feet. Which is three uh, it's miles. Almost three miles. miles okay. Almost three miles. And the way they had it set up was they wanted you to break 400 kilometers an hour, which is, yeah. they wanted you to go 250 and, miles an and hour. And that signal, is that a cone or a yeah, light? They had some flags set up. And a guy or a flag? Just a- Two big, humongous orange flags that you okay. couldn't admit. You could see them from space. Do you so. have a passenger in the car. Okay. So we did the first one. I had a, uh, my friend Jamie Morrow, who you know. He was there. We did a run up to 150, wow. and we did a run up to 200. Then wow. he got out of the car. No way. Yeah. <laughs> well, Smart. Yeah. As he said, they're not paying me enough. And I, I went, and I hit- So he got out at 200? At two, yeah, we went 206. <laughs> 206 is yeah. fucking fast. Let me tell you how fast this Why car is, Why would he though. get out at 206? I'd get out at 150. Because it's a turns out, I learned, huge difference between 200 and 240s. Ooh. Because- 
Uh, well, here's how fast this car is, right? So the first run, you go to 150, and then, you know, you get there in like seven seconds or whatever the car is. It's ridiculously quick. Maybe it's 15 seconds. And then you still have like, you know, 9,000 feet to go, right? Because the thing is just so quick. So I'm supposed to like hold it there at 150. So I'm talking to Jamie because these cars, you can talk to the person next to you at 150. And that's what a lot of people don't know about that car. Yeah. yeah. And I'm talking to him and I look down and we're going 180. Just like by like aye, aye, resting aye. my foot on the throttle, it had jumped up 30 miles an hour. And what it's is so the wind fast. resistance like on that? Well, car? that's where, okay, so I went and I came back in and they checked and I had gone 245 miles an hour, not 250. And I was like, huh, all right, let's do it again. And it only went to 243 and I was all depressed and couldn't figure it out. Then we got hit by lightning and we had to stop. <laughs> but, I w- but my question was... My when I was at I did two oh four and somewhere about one eighty to two oh four, the wind hitting the car made it jump so quick in a lot of different directions. Yeah, Even though right. the car is planted, yeah. It, what so, happens when you go you go above that mark? When you say it's two oh four, so is what, different than two forty five. So what is what, the difference? Yeah, so the, the wind moves you around. So and what what happened was because the way the wind was blowing, we didn't run the direction that he had anticipated us running. We ran the other way. And there's like trees and gaps. So you're getting crosswind. And so on my one where I thought I went 250, wow. it, it felt pretty good. And then when I did it again a minute later, uh, the tires weren't in great shape for this run. And it was really getting pushed around. It was, and I went. Was it frightening? That, the second run was kind of frightening because it really, you're getting shoved. And I had to make a pretty big input. And I'm looking at 243 on the Speedo, like trying to... When you're doing inputs. And I'm like, oh boy, yeah. And, and uh, so, but then we found out, we talked to an expert and he said, yeah, if there's a crosswind, you lose five mile an hour of top speed. And they did it the rest of the week. And he said, it just depended on when you went. The cars either went 245 or 250 in that length. When you... Uh- when you want to stop and slow down, do you can you let off the throttle the whole way? You let off? No, 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 no. You cannot. You would be dead. No, you'd be, an, an alligator <laughs> so would the, be so, eating. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Tell me the instruction. That's what I want to. Oh, it's just you know. Uh, so lift quickly, get on the brake, and you know probably do about a fifty percent input, and then crank it up just before ABS kicks in. So you do lift quickly off the throttle. Um, you get on the brake quickly. I don't think you should. You shouldn't lift quickly because that'll upset the car. Right. But you want to get on the brake quickly. And and you do about half, and then you kind of crank it up to about ninety percent pressure, and that you know it, they're, they're, the brakes are incredible. Yeah, but uh, I, the, the second run I did was really stupid because the tires were not Ugh. good, and I was really getting moved around it. Because what happened was this, this French guy Pierre Henri, he's like, okay, he's like, ah, oh, Pierre Henri, look at it. He's like the, the Frenchest name ever. Yeah, Pierre Henri Croissant. <laughs> So he goes the Chiron. Oh, he goes when you see the because he's like, how are the brakes? I go, the brakes are great. He goes, okay, when you see the flags, go a second past the flags. Oh, good. The Frenchman tells you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Well, no, this is this guy is a guy who's he he set the the top speed in the Veyron Supersport. Yeah, he went two sixty eight. Pepe Le Pepon. He knows what he's doing. (laughs) Anyway, so I, I, but I was sitting there, I, you know, I saw the flag at 240 and I kept my foot in it and it only got to 243 and I was, and I was like, oh, I'm about to like wow. flip over. That's great. Why are the other journalists there to, to write about your death if it happens? <laughs> it's the, it's yeah. the feather in their Ru- career. No, no. Oh, we were there when Lieberman died. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, uh, Lieberman almost died. It you was, must, when the guy gets out of the car and he goes, they don't pay me enough. It must be a little scary, right? That moment. You must 
Do you question your, your no, whole occupation at that the point? The only it. time I questioned it was on that second run. And again, like at, at about 240. Because, you know, the thing is, so at 250 miles an hour, you're going 367 feet a second. So uh. the football field is 360 feet. So you're going a football field a second. Oh. So if you look at the Speedo, wow. a lot's happening. you already got 1,000 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... That second run, and again, like I said, the, the, the tires weren't in good shape. You shouldn't do back-to-back 250 runs. <laughs> well, 15,000 feet goes really oh, fast. Oh, it then. goes really fast once you get over 230. It's starting to re- you're really moving at that point. But it was fun. I, I was really disappointed, and then everyone's like, dude, you went like almost 250. You did good. I went 396 kilometers. So what was your final hour? speed? 245.31. That's pretty fast. I yeah. think you're fine. I think yeah. you can stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, if they offer it again. I'll, what about I'll a dragster? Would you go 300? Well, a dragster can go 300, yeah. Yeah, would, would you I, do me? it? No, I'd, I'd be, t- no, that's that's very violent. This is This is more gradual. It takes, you know, 30 seconds <clears> to get up to 250. So, but okay. it was fun. Mm. Yeah. That's a That's good cool. story. Um, we can do questions. Let's do, we'll do questions in a, and then a couple of dear suckermans. We'll try to make everybody happy. Let me see if I can get some of these questions. I already saw some good ones. Meta beast. Uh, let me see. Are you guys going to rent sport reunion? We're talking about it. We're talking about it. We just started thinking about it. Tom O'Beer. Um. I'm wondering, by the way, if there's going to be a Zuckerman head on the uh, Chip Ganassi helmets. Scott Dixon for Long Beach oh, Grand Prix. Oh, definitely on Dixon's helmet, yeah. When I say hello and give him a little hug, I'll make sure to tap it on the back of the The new helmet. stickers, which are on sale now. The new stickers are coming, by the way. Uh, what, uh, what are the new stickers for? Oh, for the Luftgekult. Yeah, the Luft one. Luftgekult! Luftgekult! My mistake. My mistake. Luft. Um, when's Jerry coming back on? He'll be on soon. He will be on soon. We talked about your 914. Okay. Um, when are we going to start watching SCR? I don't know. I'm cooling on that idea, guys. Uh-oh. I am cooling on it. Uh-oh. I can't see how it is going to make enough money to take care of itself, and it also seems it's going to make my life more difficult. And my life's already difficult. Yeah, you got but I'm not, yelled at by yeah, GT3 owners. We are in discussions about something fun. Maybe. But who knows? Um, right now, though, you're going to get this audio version of the show. None of us really want to be on camera all that much. No. And you know what I've learned in my research? It's like, uh, podcasts are okay on YouTube. Creating new content, reviewing cars, that's what really works there. I'm not sure how that benefits us, but but more social with video, maybe we'll do some more of that. Um, let's see. If we could do cameras here, which we can't do, it we would be fun. But you know what I mean? But why? Like, I don't want to give up the Friday nights. Yeah. I like the Friday nights. These would vibe. be over. Yeah, that's no fun. <laughs> I say, uh, somebody wants Marcus Traber wants me to get in trouble. Oh, is that Marco? <laughs> uh, full specs on your tennis racket and include mains <laughs> and crosses and their tensions. I'm not going to give away my tennis secrets, but uh, as you probably know, I'm a Babolat guy. And uh, someone gave me a, the Yonix rep gave me a Yonix to try, and I'm liking that too. And uh, but I am a Pure Strike VS, uh, a dedicated Pure Strike VS 98. Zuckerman, what are you? <laughs> Zuckerman <laughs> saw me hit the other day. And he I came was by. I will tell. Uh, Ferriston 
exhibited athleticism. He has a very nice swing <laughs> on the court. He yes. looks good swinging. He has really good approach, really good follow through. Much, much better. And, and than he I said thought. he might come out and hit with us. Yeah, nice. it made we, me want to do it. We're right. at our friend Moise's house. We're playing classic rock. We got a great teacher there, Ron Booth. Uh, he's an old pro. He's, he knows everybody. He's been playing forever. He's a great teacher. And we just have a nice couple of hours, and who cares? Leave us alone. Right? It was very nice. It was nice. Moise has that beautiful tennis court at this house, too. You'll pop your Achilles right off. Um, you do have running to... Running around. You don't have to chase if you don't want to. Yeah. Right. Just don't chase it. It's fine. Uh, the biggest automotive regrets in life. Everybody oh, knows those. Uh, I only went to Here, YMDLA. Uh you know, we were going to do this Cadillac show, and Johnny and I have been talking about it. Zuckerman sold the Cadillac <laughs> Unfortunately. before we could get in, but yeah. Johnny, Johnny and I were just chatting. We had a friendly chat yesterday on the phone, and he had a great idea, Johnny. Go ahead, pitch this idea to Zuckerman, because I think we're going to do it. We're going to get a Rolls Royce. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. And it just so happens, I went through Rolls Royce white gloves chauffeur training. So I know how to like properly drive a Rolls. And we're going to take it out on a Friday night in Hollywood. Really? And yeah. The podcast. And do yeah. a show. And here, this show is not going to be a Wednesday show. It's just going to drop when we're done with it. Oh, this is No ads. This is just, you'll if you subscribe, and if you don't subscribe now, you will get this special episode, and we're not even going to tell you where it is. I want, can is. we please... Do you like yeah, that idea I first? Do. And I just want Hasbulla to come with us. Can we find... <laughs> Who is Hasbulla? You know, the little guy. <laughs> Who? The little one. The, the little... Hasbulla? You know, the little boxer guy? Oh, that guy. Yeah. I Who want, knows him? He's in the States right now. I've seen it on Instagram. Well, contact I him. Wanna, I just want it to be in the limo. <laughs> that, people don't like it when there are four people on the show, but... but he's we would, he's, he's not, he speaks, he doesn't speak English. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. Yeah. There would be three and a half. He'll just start that, punching yeah. everybody, and then he'll pull yeah. out the flamethrower. But I think Zuckerman should drive, because I think he gets the most annoyed on the road. Oh, Okay. Okay. Unless you want to. No, 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 no. I, I, and then you I think took we, white we, glove. <laughs> I did. It was really fun. I learned a lot. And we would end at our favorite place, Ciccone's. Yes. And have a nice Italian meal. Doesn't that sound like a show? Sounds wonderful. And right. it may be 10 minutes. It may be 10 hours. We don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> the listeners can be with us in glamorous I will bring. You know what we will do? I'll bring an extra mic and we can roll the window down and we'll have, uh, we'll have a little uh, Hollywood Sunset Strip chat. Man in the street style. Whoa. Chat with some of our uh, uh, fellow street walker. LA streetwalkers street and methods. <laughs> Hello, sir. <laughs> Hello, lady. What do you charge? <laughs> Zuckerman, please. It's, it's the evening. Uh, lady of the evening. Not a car question, but has Zuckerman ever had a case involving a vending machine? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right away. Oh. Really? All right. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. What, what happens? A well, hand gets caught in it? Okay, you know Ma Mr. Mazza who works with me. Yes. And the, this many, is one of your lawyers. This is one of my lawyers. And many years ago, when I was in law school, a guy invented a vending machine that was supposed to have frozen pizza in it and then heat it up and serve. <laughs> what is wrong? You can't even stop what, laughing. What is so wrong? Piping hot pizza. <laughs> <So> the <laughs> out the vending machine. So... 
these this nice couple, <laughs> a, this nice young married couple, a man and his pregnant wife, oh, no. put all their money into the vending machine, which either served. Pizza on fire, frozen pizza. <laughs> and what happened? They got burned. Burned the baby. They had to go. <laughs> oh, they had no. to go to trial. As it went to trial, I think the 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 lawyer, the lawyer for the pizza machine said, "I'll have you know, I went to Harvard." And as I said, Department G of Norwalk, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> he said, "He said what?" He said, "Well, the guy said to him, I'll have you the defense counsel.' This said, is in court. No, this is before." They went into court. He said, I'll have you know, I went to Harvard Law School. And Mazza said, well, I'll have you know, no one in Department G of Norwalk gives a fuck. No one in Department G what? Of Norwalk. That's the courthouse. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. No I one see. in the courthouse oh my gives God. a fuck. fuck. They give a fuck. Wow. And, he, bought, he, and he won. I Yay. give it. Who won? The pizza guy won? No, no, no. Mazza won. Mazza won. Yeah, won. of course. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the flaming pizza. <laughs> Frozen. It was an idea ahead of its time. Yeah, yeah. great idea. Just forty years. Have you had a case on a bicycle built for two? <laughs> no, no. Oh, how about a refrigerator case? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Believe it or not, your fridge can catch fire. Burn the whole house down. Wow. How do you even live, exist in life, knowing that everything in your home and in your cars can kill you? <laughs> yes. You've really seen it all. Yeah. You get out of your car, you lose a limb. You and go you, to sleep, somebody runs oh you yeah, over. Oh, yeah, that refrigerator, keeping yeah. your food cold. Have, How you about, had, have you ever handled one of those? Remember when there was uh, blue ice falling off planes? Yeah. And plunging into people's homes? And We we were involved when they dumped the gas over the elementary school. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Why did they do that? They had some sort of emergency. They thought they were going to have to make an emergency landing. Instead TWA? Of going, instead of going over the ocean, they went over. They were somewhere, again, Norwalk or somewhere like that, and they just decided to spritz the little kids on the, <laughs> on the playground. They gave the kids a little spritz of gasoline. And the kids were injured. Fuel. They were injured. That's awful. Some degree. That's awful. Although, it turns out. And but nobody caught fire. No. They were just eyes burning. And I learned something. Because I was carrying on about how how terrible gasoline is for you. It's filled with all of these yeah. terrible chemicals, and it turns out jet fuel is safer. Yeah, than, much safer. Yeah, much yeah. safer than regular regular gas. And I thought the answer would be the opposite—that it's way worse. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. Wow. How did you know that? I, I know a lot about gasoline. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the little spritz turned out yeah. to be less impressive than I okay. thought. Did you win? Yeah, of course. <laughs> You ever done a vending machine that fell on somebody? Yeah. Because supposedly that's like one of the biggest killers is vending machines. No, gravestones is the biggest killer of falling on people. <laughs> In the olden days, like the 80s and 90s, it was heavy TV sets on dressers. Yeah, yeah. Without a warning. Yeah. And those things would, some little kid would open a drawer to climb up to change the TV. And that was the end of that show. Uh-huh. Canceled forever. Kip Barlow wants to know, should I buy an entry level first Rolex? Or yeah. what entry level first Rolex should I buy? Used or vintage? Aren't they kind same of the thing. same? Buy yeah, I would zero can. in on what your dream watch is and then see if you can find a version of it pre owned. It's probably the cheaper market. Vintage, you can go down. Or you can do what I did. You go to a different brand until you can afford the Rolex. Yeah, world. right. Yeah. I'm at heart, I'm a, I'm a Hoyer guy and a Tag Hoyer guy. My fi- that's my favorite watch brand. I have Rolexes. I'm wearing one right now. Ooh. My nice blue-black TMT, yeah. which I love. Beautiful. 
but I prefer uh, the Tag Heuer's. I wear those most of the time. The Omega Swatch. I like my Omega Speedmaster. There's lots of great stuff you can get. Um, on you can get a, a, a Seiko built to look like a Rolex. Is- I am warming to Seiko, Johnny, but it, but you there's so one? many. You see this one? Yeah, that's Cody nice. built it. Yeah. yeah. There's so many. It's such a, a hot-rodded watch world, though, these days. It's crazy, right? It's hard to keep track of it as a brand because it's so broad. There's so many models and so many now mod models. Is that, yeah. What do they call that? Yeah, mods. Yeah, Mods yeah. that I don't even know what I'm looking at. And then there are so many. They're knocking off Rolexes that are Seikos, which I don't yeah. even understand who wants to do that. Like. You know, that, that Ronnie Chang watch was the, the purest. That was an entry point for me with that brand, where yeah. I thought that Bruce Lee, whatever Seiko uh-huh, that was, uh-huh, uh-huh. that's legit. That yeah. is cool, and that has a nice story to it. And that, I think, is the anchor in. But still, it, it, I, I, I probably picked 25 watches in the last two weeks that I would have bought for Seiko sure, because sure. I don't know where to strike first. Uh, it's, it's, it's endless, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, with the modded watch for like 500 to 700 bucks, you can get a unique watch that, you know, it's yours, doesn't exist anywhere else, and they look good. I'm getting that M2, by the way. Thank you really? for passing. Yeah, I'm going to have that car. Nice. I, I have to tell you after, who was talking about it, Matt? Yes. Uh, the oh, se- sure. He didn't like the way it looked, and I loved the way it looked. Oh, I hate the way it looked. God, I really liked it, and I and I and I and I wrote them in the little note, and I said I'd like to give this a shot. I'm really into the way it looks. I don't know. Yeah, but supposed to drive great. Supposed to drive great. Haven't and I was supposed yet. to have a Ferrari for tonight for review, the two nine six, and well, they well, uh, well. something went wrong. I got your what was Oh, you've got the Performante. Yeah, I missed that. It's Is it the same one? Good, no, it's red. Oh, that's oh, sweet. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. No, the the Ferrari, they canceled on it for some reason. Yeah. so That's good. Probably right. something. Let's do now. Look, it's an hour. We've been going for an hour. We're going to do some Dear Zuckerman's. Bonus time. And then you can't complain anymore. <laughs> By the way, well, when, find you, something, don't worry. when you say the show, uh, let me try and find this, um, isn't long enough, that's the biggest compliment you can give us. Leave them wanting more is the biggest compliment you can give us. Let me find some dear Zuckermans here. And I'm, I'm going to just, I want the audience to understand how the Zuckerman mind works. So I'm going to give Why? you a little insight <laughs> into how I approach dear Zuckerman. There's basically two categories. You, wait, you're getting into the making of dear Zuckerman? I'm getting into the making of what of, of Nobody what gives a is, fuck about the problems <laughs> just are. Do, no, no, I'm, just I, do the bit. People are always complaining, I don't like what they're doing, or I don't know what to do. And it frequently right. involves sex or money. <laughs> and <laughs> and you're an expert ba- in both. Yes, yeah, so that's basically <laughs> the premise of, of, of all of these problems. Um. Okay, wait, here they are. They're hard to see because they're you always just send me a little email with badly framed photographs, <laughs> Grandpa. Um, let me see if this is one of them. Yes. Okay. Dear Zuckerman, my husband's boss, an executive at a multinational firm, Ooh. came to our city on vacation and invited us to dinner. We made reservations at our favorite restaurant. When the bill came, the boss's husband picked up the check and he said, we've got this. We thanked them and said... Uh, we hadn't intended for them to pay. The next day, my husband received an email from his boss saying he just saw the credit card charge, which was larger than expected. He planned to ask the restaurant if there was an error. We were so embarrassed, we ordered more to drink than them. So we pulled up the menu online, totaled our share with tax and tip, and sent them a check. It was 
$37 more than their share. We apologized for not insisting on splitting the bill. Did we do the right thing, Zuckerman? Oh, God. Are you, again, I is don't this know, the New this York is, Times? This, by is the way? The, this is the category of I don't know what to do. First of all, your boss or is or the boss's husband, they're a bunch of cheapskates. They invite you to dinner, you know, and they can't call later and ask for money. And you did more than enough. And these people should be ashamed when they see you. You shouldn't be ashamed. And next time they come to town, don't go to dinner with them. Can you imagine? What kind of your boss national is worried about thirty-seven bucks? <laughs> right? What? That's uh, yeah, the Shake Shack maybe. I don't know. Shake Shack's got a billion. None of this dollars. makes sense. And why you're writing the New York Times? And why they're it? publishing it? And what? Yeah. Okay. Forget oh, it. Wild. Dear Zuckerman. It's a lot of married couples in this one. My husband and I received an email from a club we belong to telling us that a fellow member, part of a married couple with whom we are friendly, had died. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not the funny part. Unfortunately, we misread the note and believed that the husband had died when it was in fact his wife who had passed away. We sent flowers and a warm note to the wife when we should have sent them to the husband. Now we're mortified. How do we recover from this terrible faux pas and send proper condolences? Or is that impossible? I am happy to admit I am an idiot if that helps. This is the greatest thing you've ever done. You made a mistake and you showed the guy how much, you showed the survivor how much you liked him. Yes. They have these things where people want to go to their own funeral all the time. I wonder what people say when I die. Well, you just gave that guy the greatest favor in the world. Yes. Yeah. So he knows you care. He knows everybody cares. So what? So what? Plus he's going to die anyway, so forget it. Don't be mortified. She's mortified, which is what, that's the Latin word for dying. <laughs> I'm, I'm so mortified that I'm going to write a global publication with my story so that everyone reads it. But man, they really got it wrong. I mean, how do you get that's really wrong? Like, but they did the right thing. That's just the dead. letter and the, and the flowers. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, if you, if you have to learn about this from the club, then you weren't friends. Yeah. Right. We would have called you. What kind of club is this? This was that nudist car show we were talking about a few weeks back. Back in the news. It's the death club. Our latest death this week. We have three scheduled. It does. It does feel. It does feel that way sometimes, Zuckerman. As we get older. Yes. The death of the week. We've had a great week. Bumper crop of corpses. My mom is always calling me about that. Well, you're never gonna guess who died this week. Do you remember Mr. Alexander? And then you say that's terrific, Mom. <laughs> no, I never liked Grandpa Hank. Grandpa. Dear Zuckerman, my next door neighbor, parentheses, a single man, is a traveling salesman. I don't believe any of this story already. <laughs> he lives on the road from Tuesday mornings until Thursday nights. The problem, trash pickup is on Wednesdays, which means he brings his trash bins to the curb a day early and leaves them out a day too long. I find this unsightly and rude. Zuckerman, any advice? I, okay. One of the two of you needs to kill themselves. This is the only, either the traveling salesman who just can't be there, he needs to do ritual disembowelment on your doorstep to make you happy. Well, I mean, what the fuck does this guy, what more can he do? 
What he, people have forgotten how to be neighbors. What more can he do? Put his put his bins away for him. Yeah, right. Do something. Take nice. him out. Hey, and, you know and, what I'm going to do for you? Thank you. Maybe she's single with her parentheses, and ah. she's and oh. she's you know he didn't look at her. Here's what I would do, ma'am. Take your acid green GT3 and run over those trash cans. That's what that GT3 is for. Take those trash cans and shove them up your ass. (laughs) Jesus, Zuckerman. Come on. Calm down. And our final letter tonight, and this is a real letter. Uh, Dear Zuckerman, I was awakened at 3 a.m. by a barking police dog while someone was being arrested on my front lawn. (laughs) I love this. This morning I discovered the dog had pooped on my grass. I'm considering complaining to the police about it, but don't want to seem ungrateful for the job they do. What do you think, Lisa, in Anaheim, California? (laughs) What do I think? What do I, yeah, I want you. I'm going to make a suggestion, Lisa. I want you to call 911. Call 911 right away and say the police dog shit on your lawn and they need to come clean it up. And hopefully they come and taser you. What the fuck? And taser the poop right out of you. And how does she know? How does she know it was the police dog? I mean, did she watch it? I mean, I think these dogs are trained. I don't think they're trained to shit while they're, while they're biting someone. Can't she help out? (laughs) You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a letter to the New York Times. She could could pick up the poop and that would be the end of it. It would take less effort than writing a fucking letter. Wow. Sandwich. That's (laughs) Yeah. That was a good one. That's a good one. Wow. I added that one in there. I knew you'd like it. Anyway. (sighs) Yeah. I'd like to play K Sarah Sarah right now. It's your show, couldn't Sly and the Family Stone, but I can't find it. The perfect end song. Do you want to play it? Yeah. Should we play everybody out? And uh, I don't know what we have for you next week. Um, Zuckerman, we're going to be uh, out of town. Let me see. I think it's on Fresh, if I'm not mistaken. There it is. You going to do a show on the road? We should. What a great idea. Ooh. There it is. This is like the end of SNL. I've got K. Sarasara playing. We've had a great show, ladies and gentlemen. Johnny Lieberman. Paul Zuckerman. Lizzo. And Spike Ferriston. Here it is. Slide the family stuff. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio, brought to you by Hangar 56. Listen to new episodes every Wednesday, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.